Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Real quick, let's go to the Word of God. Are you ready? You ready to get in God's Word this morning? Open up the Word to um, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, going to begin reading at verse 17. As you're turning to Acts chapter 20, I'm, I'm going to begin reading at verse 17. Let's continue to keep Pastor Ben and Carissa lifted up in prayer as they're still watching and waiting. <laughs> still on baby, baby watch. I love what Pastor said. She says she's heavy with child, you know, and so we're praying for them and covering for them. And, and, and any time, how many know that God's timing is perfect timing? And so keep them in your prayers. Keep them covered today. But let's go to the Word of God, Acts chapter 20. Beginning at verse 17, it says this, it says, From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but I proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. This is Paul testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you are that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Verse 28, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he has purchased, which is with his own blood. And I'll stop reading there for the sake of time. I want to talk to you today on, 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 from the word of God, but on a subject that may sound practical, but I, I believe it's very important for our lives and our walks as believers. I want to talk to you today about distractions to your destiny, dealing with distractions. Life is filled with all sorts of distractions, but you got to understand that we got to know how to deal with them and we got to know how to identify with them. In this particular text here, you have the Apostle Paul who has called the elders of Ephesus together. Paul is on his way to Jerusalem. He's headed to Jerusalem to celebrate the day of Pentecost. He's carrying uh, gifts that he has gathered to take to the churches to bless them there. And before he um, sets out to fulfill that journey, he has called all the elders of Ephesus. And he's having this meeting. And he's encouraging them. And he's exhorting them. And he's, he's really challenging them. Notice the words that he says. He said, now, he said, I want to talk to you and bring you together because there's a good possibility that you won't see my face anymore. But regardless, he said, I want you to stay faithful to the plan of God. Stay faithful to the, to the purpose of God. He said, every one of you have been chosen and elected by the Holy Spirit to be overseers, to shepherd the flock of people, 
Notice he said, take heed to yourself. Take care of yourself. Stay faithful. Stay encouraged. Stay in tune with what God is doing. And continue to take care of God's people. He said, I want you to know that I'm about to depart. And notice what Paul said. As he begins to describe his journey, as he's beginning to set out, I could imagine the faces of those great leaders that he had poured his life into. They're looking at him like, what do you mean? I, I, I could see in my mind that maybe some of their faces was a little bit sad. But after all, this was their leader. This was their mentor. This is the one who had poured into their life. And now it's almost saying he, he's looking at them and giving them a farewell or goodbye. And the Bible said, Paul said, I'm headed out toward Jerusalem. And he said, he said, now I go. Notice the words. I love what it said. I'm bound in the spirit. Notice what he said. I'm bound in the spirit. Uh, one translation said, drawn irresistibly by the Holy Spirit. In other words, I have a compelling on the inside of me. I'm obligated to go and do what God has called me to do. Despite all the challenges that Paul had ever faced, Paul was always determined to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was compelled by a higher calling that no matter what, he was going to tell people about Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel. And the Bible said that with this great compelling, he said, he said, now not only do I have a compelling of the Holy Spirit, but then he says, I also have revelation of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I love revelation for the Holy, from the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit to reveal things. I love him to reveal good things and great things and awesome things. But in this particular text, do you notice that he didn't reveal a good thing? The Holy Spirit told Paul, he says, I know you're compelled and I know you're going after it. But I want you to know that what, what lies ahead of you, bonds and afflictions lie ahead of you. Trials and testing lie ahead of you. Imprisonments lie ahead of you. This road is not going to be easy. This road is going to be tough. There are things that you're going to face and go through and you're going to face adversities. You're going to face challenges. You're going to face things that you didn't think that you were going to face. You're going to come up against things that you didn't think that you would come up against. But I love the Apostle Paul. And it makes sense why he said, I serve the Lord with many tears and trials. Can I tell you that serving the Lord is not always smiles on your faces. Serving the Lord is not always up, up, happy and smile. Sometimes you're serving God with tears. Sometimes you're serving God going through trying times and tough times and heartaches and pains. But what I love about it, it doesn't, that, that, that Jesus never promised us that this road would be easy. He never promised us that everything would be made in the shade and life would be a cakewalk. He said, in this world, you will have tribulations you're gonna go through a little something something but I'm glad that he didn't stop there he said but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world in other words I know you're gonna face things and go through things but know that the overcomer is in you and Paul is describing all the opposition but then you would think that, that I don't know, you, you would think back, the guys are looking like, my God, and he, what in the world? And he's still going? And, I mean, I can see him whispering, oh, Lord, he's gonna, he's gonna, this is going to happen? This is going to happen? I don't know. I don't know if God's calling me that ministry not right now, if it's going to take all that. 
But the Apostle Paul with great boldness, with great tenacity and great zeal, he stood up and looked at all the leaders. He said, I know this sounds crazy. I know this sounds ridiculous. He said, but I know that that no matter what comes against me, I refuse to allow these things to move me. He said, I realize that a part of my journey, a part of my destiny, a part of the path that God has called me to walk on, it's going to encompass all. All of this. It's a package deal. He said, but I am so compelled by purpose. I'm so driven by destiny that I have set my mind that no matter what life may hand to me, I refuse to let anything or anybody stop me from being everything that God has called me to be. None of these things move me. I won't let trials move me. I won't let hindrances move me. I won't let insufficiencies move me. I won't let grease move me. I won't let crazy people move me. I refuse to allow anything to move me off of God's determined path for my life. I may have to fight. I may have to cry. I may have to praise all night long. I may have to worship when I don't feel like it. I'm going to go to church when I wish I staying in the bed. I'm going to keep serving when I don't feel like serving. I'm going to pray when I don't feel like praying. I'm going to get in the word even if I don't remember anything that I read. But regardless, none of these things are going to move me. I refuse to be distracted from my destiny. Like the apostle Paul, every one of us have been given a clarion call. Every one of us have been created for a purpose and plan. Every one of us under the sound of my voice have been given a destiny to carry out and to fulfill. And we have to have that same mentality. We have to have that same determination. We have to have that same hunger and thirst that says, I don't care what life hands to me. I refuse to be distracted because I'm telling you, when you make it a point to set out to be everything that God has called you to be and do what God has called you to do know that distractions will come part of the process part of the plan what are you saying Javon what I'm saying to you is this definition of distraction is a drawing away or diverting of our attention causing us to divide our attention between two or more things thus not able to concentrate on any one thing. Notice that. It's always it's a drawing away. Distractions are drawing away. If I'm drawn away, that means I'm near. I'm there. If it's drawing me away, it's pulling me away from something that I'm supposed to be close to. Bob James puts it like this. Every man is drawn away by his own lust or he's drawn away. That King James says lust. New King James said his own desires. His passions, his longings, his thirst, his hungers. What do you mean by that? See, understand that, that, that the word desire is a longing or intense passion for something. But let me tell you this. Sometimes your, your, your attractions are disguised distractions. The thing that I'm attracted to can be the very thing that is distracting me from what God has for my life. Understand that I read this about distracted driver stats. Listen to this. Distracted driver stats. In other words, this is people that set out driving. 
to go or to, to carry out or travel on to get to a destination. 37,000 people, 37,000 plus people die in automobile crashes in the U.S. every year. Every year, about 421,000 people are injured in crashes, listen, that have involved a driver who was distracted in some way. Each year, over 330,000 accidents caused by texting while driving lead to severe in injuries. This means that over 78% of all distracted drivers are distracted because they have been texting while driving. Mm-hmm, whole church convicted. But anyway, <laughs> one out of every four accidents in the U.S. are caused by texting while driving. Listen to this. This is what God, texting and driving is six times more likely to get you in an accident than drunk driving. It's actually safer. This is what this article, safer for someone to get wasted and get behind the wheel than to text and drive at the same time. Look at it in the natural. Hundreds of thousands of, of lives are being, of fatalities and, and injuries in the natural are happening because drivers, they're, dry, they're on a path. They have a destination that they're trying to get to. But yet when they become distracted, when they become drawn away, notice the end result according to these stats. It could be fatal and they never reach the desired place of their destiny. I thought about going driving to Vegas. Many of you ever took that route to Vegas? That's all right. You can raise your hand. You see how many? Like, you know why? Because they didn't know what I was going to say next. It's like, we're going to wait. They did, some people did like this. I'm going to try this again. And then if everybody don't tell the truth, I'm going to change my whole sermon to the biggest liar in Orange County. How many ever drove to Vegas? Oh, okay. 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 He saw that and he's like, oh. <laughs> Jesus. But, but when you're driving, I was so amazed that, that, that once you start going, especially the closer you get to Vegas, how many signs and billboards there are. Have you ever thought about that? Signs and billboards are everywhere. But, but, but listen, listen to this. There's a difference between signs and billboards. Signs provide information about where you are in relation to where you want to be. But billboards take your attention off the road, entice you to exit, and put you in places where goods are overpriced and service is lacking. You know what I'm saying? You go, you're traveling, and there's a sign, gas here. There's a sign that says 20 more miles. There's a sign that says you're in this city. The signs are constantly making you aware of where you are on the journey. But there's a billboard, 48 hamburger billboards, and all of them are lying. Take this exit. We got the best hamburger. Take this exit. We have the best fries. Take this exit. We got the best boots. Take this exit. We have the best steak. And they're, all of them are five feet, of, five feet apart the whole way there. But the difference is the signs are designed to help you get to your destination. But the billboards are there to distract you off the path that you're on. Pull off over here and get caught up with this. Pull off over here. How many of you have fallen for? I have. You pull over because of a sign and the image and realize, oh my God, this is some hot mess. This does not look like what the sign said it looked like. 
And therefore, I've been diverted from my destiny because I've allowed a distraction to get me off my path. Well, I want to tell you, life is filled with signs and billboards. And you have to decide, what is this in my life? Is this a sign or is this a billboard? Is this leading me toward my destiny or is this getting me off track? Let me give you some different distractions. Number one, I believe there's something called demonic distractions. The Bible said the thief come not but to steal, kill, and destroy. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul said that Satan can appear and transform himself as an angel of light. Notice that. He can transform as an angel of light. Now watch this. I remember hearing a preacher tell this story before. And he tells a story that he's laying in bed one night. And he's sleeping. And he's sound asleep. And all of a sudden he wakes up. And they, the, the, his room is lit up. It's glowing. And as he looks across the room, he has this vision. He sees Jesus. A vision of Jesus. Very vision, vivid vision of Jesus. And not only that, he began to feel this presence in his room. A presence to the point where, where he said it became heavy. He felt like he was supposed to weigh over. Because, you know, the Bible talks about the glory, the weighted glory. That it, that, that it causes you to bow and it causes you to want to bend over. And he said he found himself going to his knees like he wanted to worship. He even felt like, oh, my God, this is amazing. The way that this is feeling. Oh, my Lord. The goosebumps were going. And he finds himself going down, going down because this presence is so looks good. It's sounds good and feels good but as he goes down and he's almost ready to bow and worship the Holy Spirit said this where's his scars when he looked at the image there was no scars in Jesus hand because the Bible said even in his resurrected body the scars the proof is there of what he did and when the, the preacher saw that there was no scars, he said, Satan, I rebuke you. And immediately the image left and the room cleared up. Ooh, but it felt good. It sounded good. And it looked good. But notice it took discernment to deal with the deceptions of the devil. You can't lean on your own understanding when it comes to demonic distractions. See, the devil uses deception, but the Holy Spirit operates in discernment. And that's why we have to try the Spirit by the Spirit and see if it be of God. Because if not, we'll be worshiping off a feeling and an emotion and in a sight. And you just might be worshiping a devil and not worshiping your God. Oh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Demonic distractions. There's also what I call a spirit of distraction. The Bible said in the book of Acts, watch this, Paul. Here is Paul again. The Bible said they're on their way to the temple to worship. No, to pray, the scripture said. And there came to them a woman with a spirit of divination, a spirit of python. Our pastor wrote an entire book on it. Notice it was a spirit, a spirit of divination, which means she was being manipulated by an evil spirit. But watch this. Notice when she came. When they decided to go pray, when they decided to go to the temple, when they decided to engage in what they knew was going to take them closer to God, here comes a distraction. Be careful what you allow to keep you from prayer. What's keeping you from prayer? What's keeping you from the word of God? What's keeping you from the house of God? What's keeping you from your devotion? 
What's keeping you from your consecration? What's keeping you from drawing near? In my opinion, anything that keeps me from drawing closer to God is demonic. Because that's the one thing that he doesn't want you to do. He doesn't want you to go higher like we sing. He don't want you to go from glory to glory like we just praised. He don't want you to know God better and hear his voice clear. Because he knows the closer you get to him, the more hell, the more havoc you're going to wreak on hell. The closer you get to Jesus, the more authority you understand you have. The closer you get to Jesus, the more anointing comes on your life. And he wants to do everything to stop you from having intimacy with Jesus the Bible said that that, 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 that that spirit distressed Paul until he turned around and the Bible said he cast it out but what got me Paul listen to what I'm about to say Paul was not upset because of what the girl said was untrue what Paul was upset about is that she was being viewed as a source of truth did you hear what I just said because Paul sit back and watch And he saw this woman being viewed by a whole society as leading them in truth. But yet she was given fortunes and being manipulated by evil spirit. So people's destinies were being diverted because, oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Because it was the truth. It was disguised. And so people were getting their destinies diverted because the enemy was operating with a spirit of distraction. Oh, I'm teaching better than you leading on. (laughs) Distractions of counterfeit opportunities. Distractions, counterfeit opportunities. What do you mean? Can I just throw that at you a little bit? Counterfeit opportunities. It's what what Satan did to Jesus. Right when he comes, he gets ready at the start of his ministry. If I can get him off course before he gets started. If I can get him off course. So I want to I distract him with an opportunity to prove who he really is. I want to distract him with opportunity to have all the possessions of the world. That's what he was doing when he was taking him to the high places. He was showing him the things of the world. When he said, turn these breads to stone. He was trying, he was trying to distract him with counterfeit opportunities to operate in a, in a place and in a, in, a, in a power that wasn't designed for him to do. He said, because if I can stop him from the beginning if I can get him not right now off the track I can keep him from getting to that cross I want to tell you beware of counterfeit opportunities oh I'm going to teach this whether you want me to or not everything that has potential does not mean it is purpose you can't get so desperate to do something and be something and have something you're willing to do anything to get it don't be driven by desperation Rick Warren told us to be driven by purpose be driven by destiny be driven because when you get so desperate you can fall into deception greener grass syndrome God never said oh Lord Psalms 23 says he makes you lie down in green pastures not green grass because green grass is for looks but pastures are for for fulfillment. Because oh. a lot of us like, like the looks. 
It looks good. It appears to be good. But God has not called you to chase her. He's not concerned about you getting caught up in looks. He's concerned about your life being fulfilled. Grass will give you a look, but pastures will get you fulfilled because we are the sheep of his grass. No, his pasture. Oh, distractions, the temporal over the eternal. The Bible said in 2 Timothy 4.10, Demas has forsaken me for the love of this present world. Paul said he was in ministry with me. Paul said he was doing the will of God with me. Paul said he was my traveling companion. Every evangelistic trip I was on, he was there by my side. But there came a day where Demas just said, you know what? I love the word. He forsook the work of the Lord for the things of this world. He gave up the call of God and the work of God because he couldn't let go of the things of this world. I want to have one foot in the world and another one in the church. Serve God Sunday. Live like hell all week long. I want them both. You can't have them both. And he made a choice. And he said, you know what? I just, I love, I love every, the things of this world. I'm distracted by every new style that comes out. I'm distracted by all the marketing that that seeks to get into our lives and pull us away from things. I'm distracted. I love this world too much. That's why God said, love not the things of this world. Listen, God is not against you having things, but he's against things having you. And when things have you, you set yourself up to live a life that is way beneath what God intended for us to live. Distractions of money. Never just move for money. Oh, quiet. That's all right. First, first Timothy 6. I'm going to give you the word. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing in the world, neither can we carry it out. Having food, clothing, with all these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich, listen to this, fall into temptation and a snare, and to, any, and to many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money, the love of it. For which some, listen to this, have strayed away from faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Did you hear that? They left faith. They walked away from destiny. God ordained call and plan because they became so greedy. Listen to me. If money is always your motivation, you will always prostitute yourself to the highest bidder. Who can pay me the most? Who can give me the most? Who can do this for me? Who can do that for me? Who can do this for me? If money's your motivation, you will always prostitute yourself to the highest bidder. But it's not always about money. It's not always about money. There's some things better in life than money. See, man, oh God. See, man will pay you, but God will reward you. Pay is for the temporal. Rewards are for the eternal. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about getting paid. Don't get me wrong. Let me bring some balance here. There was a story. There was a story of a Chinese, a Chinese missionary. He went to be a God called him to go to China to be a missionary. 
But as he was there, and uh, uh, he was a very smart man, educated man, man that was sharp in business and had skills and had abilities that were so awesome and great. And an American company got wind of him. And they said, we need him. And they had their people to go out and offer him an amazing package, an amazing salary, an amazing uh, package deal and said, we'll do this for you if you just come join our company. And the, and, and the man said, no, you got to understand God has called me to be a missionary. I'm thankful, I'm humbled that you would even present this opportunity, but God called me to be a missionary. And, you, and, and the man said, you would think that they would have left me long, alone after I said that. Most companies will, you know. He said, but the company came back with a second offer. They offered him a little bit more money, a little bit greater package. And he said, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I know I, maybe I didn't make myself clear the first time, but I'm, I'm called to be a missionary. I'm called to do a work for the Lord and I'm thankful, but I'm sorry I can't take it. One more last time. They tripled the package, tripled the salary. They were really desperate for this man because they just knew that he's going to bring something amazing to our company if we can get him on our side. And once again, the man went back and finally he said to them, listen to this. It's not your salary that's too little. It's the job that's too small. It's not your salary that's too little. It's your job that is too small. You know what he was saying? I am not driven by a salary. I'm driven by a destiny. And the destiny that I have is bigger than a paycheck you can give. Some things are not worth the money in light of your eternal call for God. You can be distracted by blessings. The Bible said by faith Abraham when he was tested offer up Isaac. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Notice what God said. Isn't it funny? The very thing that Abraham prayed for, the blessing God required of him. Have you become distracted by the blessings of God? Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. I'm going to believe in you for increase and increase. And we should, but when once you get it. Has it distracted you? Now that you have the car, are you still coming to church as frequently as you did? Now that you're dressing nice and looking nice, smelling nice, hair did, <laughs> shoes tight, wardrobe strong, got a little swag. But do you give as much now? Do you sow as much now? Now that you, because it's possible that the blessing can distract you from the blesser if you're not careful. But what, what Abraham shows us, he says, I'm not going to be like the rich young ruler. He got pre, 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 uh, position and he got prestige and he had prosperity. But when God says, sell all you have and follow me, he walked away sorrowful because he had many riches. He was distracted by his blessings. But Abraham said, I'm not going to be, I, I, this is near to my heart. I know you bless me with it. I know you provide it. But Abraham understood the power of obedience is better than sacrifice. And the Bible said that he offered his son up. And when he willingly began to offer, the angel said, stay your hand, Abraham. And God said, now I know that you will fear me 
because you were willing to give back to me what I first gave to you. And then he said, watch this. With blessings, I will bless you. With multiplying, I will multiply you. Your descendants are going to be great. Notice this. When he didn't allow one blessing to distract him, God opened up a door for multiple. Ble- oh, God, multiply blessings to be attracted to him. Oh, my Lord, don't be distracted by the blessing. All of us at some point will be distracted, will be tested in our distractions of the blessing when it comes next week, time for the exchange offering. Oh, I just threw that in there, didn't I? Can I tell you, can I give you a few more and I'm going to get out of your way? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Me and my wife had to walk through that. I'll never forget the thing that we prayed for and believed God for. There came a day that God required it of us. Prayed for an amazing job and a great job. And an unusual opportunity was open with GE, General Electric. Amazing. I, I wasn't even supposed to. It, it, was, it was nothing but the favor of God, to be honest. Prior to that, didn't have any money, didn't have a job. Would sit at a gas station and take coins that I had in an ashtray and use a payphone to make phone calls trying to get a job. On the verge... Pretty much being homeless. Didn't even have a return call number. Had to, had to leave my girlfriend's mother's phone number at the time. Because I had nowhere for them to call. Prayed and sought God and said, oh God, need a job. Need a job. Had an education. Went to school. I said, how am I in this position? How? You said you would bless me. You said, and he did. Open up an amazing door. First year and a half in this company, I was promoted three times. Money doubled and everything. As a young couple, had everything that we needed and more. Just had our first child, Sydney, and everything was all made in the shade and good, and we were comfortable and doing well. <laughs> Not a care in this world. And then destiny came knocking one day. Are you ready to move from a career to a calling? What do you mean, God? You, you bless me with this. You, you hope, what, what do you mean? Will you give me your Isaac? Will you give me your Isaac? And there came a time that I had to make a, well, am I going to be distracted by the blessing? Or am I going to be obedient to the calling? Because I want to tell you, it didn't make sense on paper. It didn't look right on paper. How are we going to make it? How are we going to survive? How are we going to do that? How are we going to do this? How, 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 how? It's crazy. Shannon's like, dude, I don't know how we're going to do this. This is not going to make no sense. How are you going to do that? We can't do this. Are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. But what I do know, there's always blessing. On the other side of obedience. And I stand here today to tell you I got a real revelation back then when the word said, I've been young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. 
It didn't look right on paper. It didn't make sense in the bank account, but I didn't miss a meal. I still had a bed to lay in, a roof over my head. My belly was full, clothes on my back. My baby was all right. And I stand here 15 years later saying to God be the glory for the things that he has done. Oh, the blessing of obedience. Don't get distracted by the blessings. Whatever, oh my God, whatever, hold lightly what you value greatly. Praise God. Praise God. Don't be distracted. Some of you are letting people distract you. Your biggest distraction is people. You know, some relationships can be distracting. You hear me? The Bible said about Abraham and Lot, it said after Lot separated. Go back and read it. God showed him the land. (laughs) Some things you won't see until you have a season of separation. Jonah, get this joker out of the boat. Ever since you got in this boat, it's been a mess. Throw him over the side. Isn't it funny when he threw Jonah out of the boat that the storm ceased? We're all about people and we love people. But you got to ask yourself, in my connections and in my relationships, are they adding to me or subtracting from me? Are they multiplying me or are they dividing me? And you value what God has sent in your life. And I don't mean everything is perfect. No relationship is perfect. But you have to understand that God will strategically bring people in your life and you have to value them. You have to work on them. You have to walk things, walk through, thing, through things with them. But then there comes a time you just got to know, hey, maybe this is a seasonal thing. I read, a, I read a post the other day. It says, I've learned that there's some people that come in your life for a blessing and some come for a lesson. <laughs> but don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by your feelings. Do you know your emotions and feelings? Oh, I got I to gotta wrap this thing up. And emotions can be a distraction. Stand on your feet. Your emotions, your feelings. That's why the Bible tells us, I know, I know this is practical, but I believe I'm helping somebody today. Your emotions and your feelings can be a distraction if you're not careful. The Bible said never to be led by emotions, never to be led by feelings. We're to be led by the Spirit. And you get all up in your feelings and your emotions, you'll make decisions and choices that you regret. Get out of your feelings and get into God and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. That's why he said, lean not to your own understanding. Some things you're not going to understand. But if I acknowledge him, he'll direct me at my path and keep me from distractions. So today I just stopped by to teach you a little lesson. To help you understand the importance of staying focused on Him. And keep our hearts and minds stayed upon Him. The way that I not become, allow myself to be distracted, you have to have what I call plan neglect. <laughs> There's some things you need to plan to neglect. 
just not going to do it. I'm not going to have no part in it. I'm going to evaluate it. It's, it's pr- priority or purpose in my life. Uh-uh. Plan neglect in the morning. I'm not going to get on Instagram till I pray. I'm not going to get on social media. Plan neglect. I'm not against social media, but, but have some plan neglect. I'm going to put that thing down. The first thing I'm going to do is get my face in this book and not on Facebook. The first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to get a telegram from the Holy Spirit and not an Instagram from my friend. I'm going to plan neglect. You got to do it. You got to do it. I can't do everything. You can't be everything. You can't be everything to everybody. You can't do everything for everybody. You can't be everywhere for everybody. You have to only do what God has called you to do. Businessman, I said it last service. Any business that keeps you from God's business should be none of your business. I'm closing. I'm going to say it again. Any business that keeps you from God's business should be, should be none of your business. Praise God. Close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.